Welcome to ERM Perspectives, the show dedicated to credit union enterprise risk management. If you're interested in hearing perspectives on enterprise risk management directly from the people who do ERM at credit unions, you've got the best seat in the house. I work with credit unions every day so they can have their ideal enterprise risk management program. I'm your host, David Seibert. Let's dive in. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of ERM Perspectives. I'm your host, David Seibert. Today, I'm excited to have Kristen Scott with me, and Kristen is the Chief Risk Officer at Telhio Credit Union in Columbus, Ohio. Welcome, Kristen. Hi. Thank you for having me. Thank you for taking the time to be on the podcast. I'm looking forward to it. To get started, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and how you got into enterprise risk management? Perfect. I'm just assuming everybody else like me just dreamt of being a risk manager when they were young. I'm just kidding. I, uh, I graduated with a finance degree and I, li- again, live in Columbus, Ohio, and one of the biggest and only, I think, credit union insurer in the country is based out of Dublin, Ohio, which is a suburb of Columbus, and that's American Share Insurance. So when I graduated from college, I became an auditor in American Share Insurance, and I traveled all over the country auditing credit unions, and it was a great opportunity to get into a space that I think a lot of people maybe, I can only speak for myself, I wasn't aware of credit unions prior to working there, I didn't know a lot about them, so it was a good opportunity to get into the industry, and I worked there, and you see a lot of different things when you are at many different institutions, you know what I mean, you see the good, the bad, the ugly. After September 11th, I spent a lot of time kind of soul searching, do I want to still travel as much as I was traveling at that time, and I really just didn't because travel became such a burden after September 11th. So I went and worked at a smaller credit union. I was their controller. Then I was their CFO for a while and it was great, but I worked a lot of long hours. And then when my first daughter was born, I just needed kind of a change of pace. And so I came to Telhio at that time. And that was probably 2007 as their internal auditor. It was great because I had some responsibilities, but I didn't have anyone reporting to me. And it just kind of felt like the right fit for a little while. And then once my daughter got a little bit older, I just kind of got itching to do a little bit more. And Leslie Baumgartner is our longtime CEO here at Telhio. And she had gone to a conference and learned a little bit about risk management and wanted to develop a risk management department and an ERM program and kind of tapped me to see if that's something I would be interested in. So it was a nice fit because having that audit role, I feel like I had the risk focus and the higher level perspective of the importance of different things. But after working at a small credit union and being, you know, their controller and their CFO, I also had an operational expertise that I kind of brought to the table. And those two things together kind of what is what brought me into this role today. So yeah, it's been a great fit. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that history. I love how that all came together for you. And, you know, it's notable that you came up through internal audit. So thanks for sharing that. I know that's a common route. So I appreciate you sharing that. And then it's nice to know how ERM got started at the credit union. I have heard of that as well, where a CEO or maybe a board member or somebody else attends a conference and learns about this risk management stuff or ERM and brings that back. So thanks for sharing how that got started. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, the program itself. How long has it been in place? How's it staffed? What are you working on? What's something unique about your program? Absolutely. When I came into this role from the internal audit role here at Ohio, it was probably 2008, maybe 2009. So it was quite, we've had a, a program for quite a long time. And in fact, we were such kind of on the bleeding edge when it first happened that we actually had 
an examiner that kind of like, well, what is this? I don't even know what this is. You need to explain to me what you're talking about. What do you do exactly here at the credit union? Which is kind of funny because now I feel like it's a buzzword that everybody kind of talks about. We started off, there was just me and our fraud guy. And we have sort of blossomed now. Now at that time, we were probably about a $400 million institution. We're now a $1.3 billion institution. So our department has grown some legs. We do have a bunch of different areas that we cover. So I have, I have three VPs working for me. Well, technically, I guess four. I have our VP of compliance, who is an attorney and handles all of the BSA and all the other compliance related elements of the credit union. I have our collections VP. She reports up through me. That was an addition probably about six or seven years ago that we did just to kind of keep the collections team completely separate from any sort of production team, kind of as a control base there. I also have a VP of credit risk, who is a former underwriter. She came to us through a merger. She's great. She was an underwriting manager. She understands a lot about business operations on the lending side, but she also does a lot of our loan reviews. And then I have our VP of information security. We did just a few years ago separate out information technology from information security and we put information security up underneath the risk so our ciso does report up through me so we have a lot of things that are going on in our area in addition we also have i have a risk specialist who works directly through me who executes a lot of our actual day-to-day risk testing that we do assurance testing if you will And I also have a certified fraud examiner that reports up through me also. So he deals with all the fraud situations and whatnot. Yeah, that's a a diverse team. So thanks for sharing all that. I know, you know, information security and cybersecurity, of course, is a big topic, the big risk that all credit unions are dealing with. So it is interesting to see how you've got that position that it makes sense. And I have talked to a few other credit unions that do have you know, that CISO role in the risk space. Before I did enterprise risk management, I was in information security for about 12 years. And there was always that debate about where should information security report? You know, Mm -hmm. it should be separate from the CIO, but it typically wasn't. Mm -hmm. So there was always that kind of conflict. So it's great to see how you've solved that issue. And now you have that separation. Is that working out favorable? It's worked out very well. I feel like part of the reason it has worked out so well is that our our information technology VP and our information security VP have worked together for a very long time. And I think they have a very good relationship. I do think, especially in the beginning, when you're first kind of separating the two roles, if you have individuals that don't get along well, it could be adversarial because Truly, it is a production and kind of a challenge function, if you will. You know what I mean? And both directions. So I do think it's important to have, and most people that are successful in the information security space are normally people with a calm demeanor. They can normally explain things pretty well. We're fortunate to have that same type of personality on both sides of that equation. So it does work very well for us. Um, I'm sure there's times where they just want to wring each other's throats, but they do a very good job of, of getting things done and staying professional. Yeah, that professionalism is important, especially in those two roles, because they can be contentious. You're right. They butt heads sometimes, but I'm glad to hear that's working out. The other thing that was interesting that you mentioned is, you know, ERM started pretty early at your credit union, 2008 or so, before the examiners really knew what that was all about. And I agree that is pretty early because I first 
was introduced to enterprise risk management just a year or two earlier than that in early 2007, when I was just learning more about strategy and my risk role and how to bridge those two. So you definitely were early. So congratulations to you. Well, thanks. It, it was nice and it has been kind of an interesting ride, especially, you know, you had mentioned the audit background. Um, we did, when I first started here, obviously have an internal auditor staff. And that is one of those things that has also kind of gone back and forth. So one of the roles of our department is to work with all of the external auditors that we have come in, because obviously, you know, we have lots of different external auditors that come in for various topics, but our internal audit function right now is not hired and paid by anyone here at Telhio. We do have a firm that comes in and does quarterly internal audit type reviews. And I think that's something that I have heard industry-wide kind of goes back and forth. So it's kind of notable that we currently right now do not have an internal auditor on staff. I think it has been something that industry-wide is kind of hard to keep independent. I think anybody who's really good at internal audit has a lot of good suggestions of how to implement things. And so being able to take it from the independence to implementation, I think is kind of tough there. So this works for us right now. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, as you were saying, that sometimes it flows back and forth being outsourced and insourced. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what came to my mind too, is sometimes it's difficult to maintain that separation and complete independence when it's insourced. (laughs) So just migrating back and forth seems to be a, a tactic that works. So it's interesting to see where you're at in that cycle. So thanks for sharing that. So tell us about, you know, some of the difficulties you've had. I know it's somewhat difficult to build and stand up an enterprise risk management program. What do you think is one of the hardest things in building a program and how have you dealt with that? I think one of the hardest, now for great, we have had this program for so long, I feel like it's just kind of rolled into what we do. But I do think One of the challenges for someone who is probably trying to start a risk management program would be one, building just a risk culture throughout the organization. But two, in order to get there, you really need to have buy-in from the top. I think we have had a very supportive CEO from the get-go, and that kind of sets the tone for what's out there. I also think that having the support of your executive management team is very important to get something like this rolling, because I know my teams work with just about everybody at the credit union in some capacity. And so if there's not a good understanding of why we are out there or why we are doing what we are doing, that can become very adversarial. So it is important, I think, to make sure that everybody has an understanding of what you're doing, what you're trying to accomplish, and that, you know, we're here to help. We're here to help elevate the institution, both from our risk controls, from risk or loss prevention, I guess I would say. And we're really here to partner with the departments to make them secure and safe and operating at, I mean, the optimal levels to make sure we're being efficient and getting our jobs done. Yeah. I think those are all great messages and things to strive for. And do you believe that support from upper management and the executive team, that's, that really helps drive that through, right? It does. Oh, it absolutely does. Especially in the beginning when nobody kind of really understood what we were doing. They, um, They knew what internal audit was, but they maybe didn't understand the difference between, you know, a risk program and internal audit. And quite frankly, I think that the importance and the challenges of a compliance team has changed over the last decade. 
Mm. You know, I think we all know the different compliance regulations that come, have come out and the CFPB being out there. And so the importance and the elevation of having someone dedicated to the compliance role within our team, I know that has grown and has required a matured program over the last decade or so. Uh, we had a long time um, employee who worked in that role for a good deal of time. When they left, we did hire an attorney into the compliance role because it became necessary to go through even just the regulations in and of itself and interpret those and be able to help make decisions operationally for our team. So I do think that as we had continued to grow in size at the same time, the complexity of what was out there for us to remain in compliance was also growing in complexity. So that's sort of an interesting change, I would say, that's happened over the last decade or so. Yeah, that is interesting. And you've kind of laid out how your ERM program has matured appropriately along with the needs of the credit union. So those are some great examples. And certainly having an attorney working on compliance is nice because you don't have to outsource that interpretation and understanding and you can do that in-house. And that's it's nice to have that. So thanks for sharing that. You know, one of the things that you said when we first started talking about this topic was that ERM has been around so long in your credit union that it's just the way we do things now. So do you feel it's pretty well embedded in the business and do you have to put any effort into embedding enterprise risk management or do you feel, as you said, that you're pretty well ingrained and integrated already? I feel like everybody has the risk culture is there throughout the organization. We have grown to a size now at that $1.3 billion mark, where I think we are starting to formalize a lot of things at the credit union a little bit more. And so I think we're trying to create a lot of governance. We actually brought in an individual from a much larger banking institution who's kind of helping us formalize some processes that we do now. And I think we do very well but maybe just to document, we're building a lot of process mapping. We're building a lot of control mapping that maybe we just never, has always kind of been built into the process, but we've never had it formalized in the way we're trying to formalize it now and really go from like a smaller shop to a larger institution with that formalization. But yeah, for the most part, it's kind of a blessing and a curse because everybody wants to involve risk to make sure they're doing it the right way, which we appreciate so much, but it does make the days kind of hectic sometimes because it's like, oh, we want risk to sign off on this. Oh, we want risk's opinion on this. Oh, we want risk's opinion on this. So yeah, it's great that we are as ingrained as we are. The other thing that's nice is our team, with the exception of the attorney that we brought in last year, our team has kind of been a homegrown team. I don't have anybody on my team that hasn't come up through our credit union. So they have a lot of operational experience too, which I think lends a lot of credibility to their mindset and their guidance. So I think that our team is relied upon for questions and there's always, we can plan to plan, but inevitably there's at least one or two members that come in through the door or we have one or two situations every day that it's like, well, I never thought about that before. You know what I mean? So I think that we're called upon a lot of times for guidance in unusual situations and unusual requests that having that operational experience has been huge. I can see how that would be. That's great. And Kristen, you talked about how it's a blessing and a curse. I'm sure most enterprise risk management programs, they have these goals of being valuable to the organization, having credit union staff come to them and say, help me with my risks. And you've achieved that. So that's definitely a positive. So congratulations. I'm very proud of that. Um, okay. We really have a great team, so I'm very thankful. Yeah, and having a strong team certainly would enable that to happen. 
Well, cool. Is there anything else about your ERM program or the credit union that we haven't covered that uh, you'd like to share? The only thing I wanted to share is that we are a little bit unique in that over the past five years, we have had two very sizable mergers. We had about $200 million merger about five years ago, and we just did about $230,000 or $230 million merger. And both of those mergers were strategic mergers. They weren't like a takeover style merger or anything like that. So it has been very interesting to navigate going through the merger process and bringing the risk management mentality to organizations that maybe didn't have a risk department or didn't have a risk department. They may have had like a BSA department and somebody that worked on compliance, but the idea of, oh, you're checking on what we do, but you're doing it from a helpful perspective. Sometimes that's a hard sell. People just, you know, they know what an auditor is. They know what they're supposed to do, but the idea of someone like looking over their shoulder, but doing it in a helpful manner um, takes a little while to kind of set in, but in the end, it has worked out great. I do have our VP of compliance came in through a merger, actually an out-of-market merger for us. She's been wonderful. And I think that once everybody kind of understands and works with us for a little bit, they understand what we're doing. They understand how we can be helpful. It's been good, but that has just sort of been in a unique road that has been new to us really in the last five years. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. There has been a lot of mergers and acquisitions in the credit union space, but I haven't heard much about how it's impacted, you know, direct enterprise risk management program. So thanks for sharing that. So you, you covered, you know, the impact to you and the new credit union and how you've overcome that, you know, the new staff coming on board and integrating the new credit union. What about prior to the mergers? Were you involved in any due diligence prior to the merger from a risk standpoint, or how did ERM play a role there? Oh, absolutely. We engaged some groups to do some of the diligence process with us. We also worked with, there's also been changes on the accounting side. Most people that are the auditing or risk have some sort of accounting background because there's just so much accounting related to what we do as a financial institution. Very involved with them understanding the merger entries ever since they kind of changed the way credit unions are no longer using the pooling method for mergers. There's actual merger accounting that has to be done now. So we worked closely with our CPAs that audit our financials and with our accounting group to make sure that we knew what was happening, how it was happening. Um, and of course, in the diligence process as well. Good. Yeah, that's good to hear. Well, lastly, do you have any advice for listeners regarding ERM and whether how to get started or what they ought to focus on for a successful program? I think one, you have to have buy-in from the top. We've talked about that too. I think you have to have a humbleness and understand that we're not, you know, if you're going to be starting a program, you can't go in thinking that you're just going to fix all the problems of the credit union by having a risk department because that just really won't work and will become very adversarial. I think having a team that is operationally strong has been a great way to partner with the different departments and partner with the different branches and partner with the different business units here to show value. And I think being able to show value is what creates the buy-in for our team to be successful. So I would just say, focus on what you can do in the small things and the low-hanging fruit operationally, and then kind of build from there. I think that has been successful for us. I think a lot of people get wrapped up in the governance piece first and how they're going to have their program and then how they're going to implement it. And I think that's hard, especially in credit union land where everybody wears multiple hats. Everybody has to know a lot about a lot to be successful. You know what I mean? We are not traditionally 
10,000 person organizations trying to get our jobs done, you know? So I think it's important to kind of start at the beginning, provide some value and then build from there. That makes sense. So you suggested right at the beginning to not try and solve all the credit unions problems. So absolutely. I think that's an important thing to do is really make sure you know what your purpose is and what you're trying to do. And then, like you said, start small with the low hanging fruit and build from there and get some wins. Right. I think that's good advice. Absolutely. Absolutely. The other piece I will say is that for many years now, we have also had a subcommittee of our board. So we are very transparent in what we do in the risk department. We report all of our activities up through them. And then we also put together years ago, and I still use it today. And I think it's very important for our board because we have had new board members come on through the merger process who maybe don't have a full understanding of of what risk management entails and what we do. We took all of the reporting years ago and mimicked the different types of risk that the examiners come in, you know, the financial risk, interest rate risk, liquidity risk. And we have taken all of our reporting that goes to our board and organized it by the different types of risk that every every document is assessing. And so I think that's a nice way to have some consistency in the risk management process. So not only do they see what we are doing in the risk management team, but they understand that our job as a financial institution is to manage the risks that are present in our business. And so these are the different types of tracking and reporting that's out there. So I think that's been beneficial for our board in general and specifically to the risk committee of our board. So you do have a named risk committee that has members of the board on it. We do. And is there management team members on that too, or is it just board members? It's board members, but we have managers that do reports. And so I I attend those meetings just because we have such a large lending portfolio. The folks in our lending group also attend those meetings. And from time to time, we have different people that come in with different reports, um, depending if it's the CISO, it could be the technology person, just kind of depending what's happening at the credit union. And is that a quarterly meeting or monthly or what's the cadence? We were quarterly for a very long time. We just went monthly and started pushing some additional things like loss reports and loan charge-offs through that committee for review prior to going to the board. So we have tried to make it a lot more functional. We're trying. It's working right now. I see maybe us splitting that at some point someday looking forward, but right now it's working out well. And it's just a nice way to spend more time on the topics that I feel are important to the credit union and knowing what we're doing. You know, board meetings are supposed to be a little more strategic, a little more forward thinking. This is a nice way to spend some time every month talking about what we've done, where we are, how we're looking, and basically what's under the hood at the credit union. Yeah. And I'm curious, are those meetings, since they're monthly, do they coincide with the monthly board meetings, like right before or right after, or do you have a completely separate schedule? They coincide with the board meetings. Currently, we're doing them actually on the same day, right before the board meeting, just to spend a little bit more time kind of getting everybody into that mindset. But some of our other committee, like our ALCO committee, is also comprised of some board members, they meet like the week before. So it's kind of in that same cadence. We kind of lead up to the board meeting with all of our committee meetings. Okay. Yeah, I find that interesting. So thanks for sharing that. It's always nice to know how different credit unions do that. And you also mentioned the different risk categories. Are you aligning to like the seven NCOA risk categories? Those are the ones? Okay. Yes, we are. Okay. So do you have reports based on each of those seven or how do you organize? done is we have taken all the reports that we have, like our delinquency reports, our, our strategic reports, all the different reports that we have 
years ago, we went through and categorized all of them. Like, what is this reporting? What are we monitoring with this report? Because really, everything we report to the board or any report that's out there is monitoring something. That's the reason why you're doing it. You're either monitoring performance or you're monitoring the risks in some way, shape, or form. So we've categorized them into all the different risk categories that are out there. And then we kind of took a step back and said, well, what, which of these categories do we not have a lot of reports in? And our board should know what we're doing in those specific risk categories. And so I think one of them was uh, reputational risk. What, you know, we didn't have a lot of reports in there about reputational risk and what we're doing to manage reputational risk. So we kind of had to sit down and go, well, what do we do and what can we, so we provide all of our vendor reporting through our reputational risk portal. We include contacts with our PR firm and whatnot in there. So it has been a, a nice challenge too, to make us kind of think about what we're giving to our board, why we're giving it to our board and making sure that they're truly getting the full scope of, of reports and making sure that they're aware of what we're doing. Yeah, that's great. It, it, that shows coverage across all the relevant categories. And early on, you kind of rep, recognized a gap that you had to fill for you know, f- getting coverage for all seven of those. Very cool. Well, this has been a lot of fun, Kristen. How can people get a hold of you if they have questions for you and they want to ask about you or your program? Well, I work at Ohio Credit Union in Columbus, Ohio. You can email me at kristen.scott at telhio.org. It's T-E-L-H-I-O.org. Yeah, feel free to reach out. And I love to talk risk, apparently. Who knew? (laughs) (laughs) Who knew? Yeah, this has been a lot of fun, Kristen. So thank you so much for coming on the show today. No problem. Thank you so much for having me and best of luck. Thank you. And to the listeners, thank you for listening to this episode of ERM Perspectives. And we'll see you again next time. Bye for now. That's all for today's ERM Perspectives. If you enjoyed the show and heard something useful, please do your friends and colleagues a favor and share this podcast with them. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next one. Please contact me if you'd like to be a guest on this show or if I can help you or someone you know. I'm David Seibert, and you can find me on LinkedIn or at my website, davidseibertconsulting.com.